Hi, everybody. I'm Bill. I'm a compulsive eater, and I'm really glad to be here. Um, I wanted to start off by saying that I really appreciated the fact that at the beginning of the meeting and for quite a while, every single person had their video turned on. And I think that's important for newcomers, you know, to be able to see our faces. And, you know, and I go to some meetings where 15 out of the 23 people there have their video off. And I don't know why, but that's kind of, I just think it's healthy for a newcomer to feel more at home here. Um, so I wanted to put that out there and express my appreciation. I And I want to thank Lewis for asking me to speak. It's always a privilege to be able to speak at a meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. And I know most of you and some of you I've known for a very long time. Um, I weighed myself the other day, and I'm at the lowest <coughs> weight I've been since uh, the pandemic started. And so I'm grateful for that. But boy, was it hard to get there. You know, oh my gosh. And partly because I kept interjecting myself into it. You know, it's up to my higher power to determine how. I eat and how I weigh. And my job is to have a food plan that is reasonable and that I turn over to my higher power and that I have the ingredients for those meals available the next day. Um, so, but yeah, I, I felt good about that. I might've felt too good about that, but I don't know. I'm not gonna feel beat myself up for feeling too good. You know, that's that's kind of, seems kind of fruitless. Um, I grew up in the Midwest. I was born in 1949 in Gary, Indiana. And we were uh, probably a lower middle income, lower class family. And that was fine. We never felt like we wanted for anything. We had really good meals three times a day, but we didn't overindulge. My mom was a homemaker and she liked being a homemaker and she loved to cook and she loved or cooking being appreciated. So we were quite willing to, you know, acknowledge her for that. Um, and that's pretty much how it stayed for my grade school and high school years. Um, I do remember being a very anxious person. In fact, I don't remember hardly any other emotion besides anxiety. And so I'm really grateful that I don't experience that to the extent that I did back then. Um, and I haven't done a lot of work trying to discover the causes of that anxiety. I don't know if I'll benefit from that or not. So that's still iffy for me. I like the way my life is going now. And so I'm going to stick with that. Um, but I will also say that I also had very few friends. I thought, you know, when I got older and started looking back on my life, I had more friends than I gave myself credit for. But I had such difficulty acknowledging that. I'm one of the people who has, has a lot of trouble with closeness. Um, I, I have a lot of trouble with expressed closeness. You can be my friend. Just don't say you're my friend, you know, because that scares me away. And that is kind of a that doesn't make for friendship, you know, it puts a burden on the other person that they don't deserve. Um, so I've worked on that. 
And I've been able to acknowledge those people who have warmed up to me and let me know it. And it turns out that feels pretty good. And it turns out I can handle it. I was a selfish eater. I didn't share food at all. I, I was like that from a little kid. I used to guard my plate when we were eating dinner. My older sister would tease me by trying to stick her fort on my plate. And I would always like brush her away. It was kind of like a running joke at our dinner table. But I didn't share my food, but I also didn't expect you to share your food with me. It's just my food was my food, you know. And I'm always thrilled in recovery when I'm eating something and I'm with somebody else and I offer them a taste of it. Because that looks like, you know, that is like an alcoholic giving somebody half their bottle. You know, so I I just feel good that I do that and that I'm able to do it. Um, but I, I never really got into trouble with food in my youth. I didn't start, you know, I was just pretty much a healthy eater. That's fine. No, okay, thanks a lot. Perfect. Um, but I did have a drinking problem. I did have a drinking problem. Yes, I had a drinking problem. And I ended up drinking my way out of college in my junior year and hitchhiking from South Bend, Indiana to Berkeley, California in 1970. And that was quite a journey. You know, I just, you know, talk about turning your will and your life over to the care of God. I did that back in 1970. I didn't intentionally do it. I didn't know it at the time, but I had no money, no prospects. You know, and I ended up getting picked up outside of Lincoln, Nebraska at one o'clock in the morning by three people coming to Berkeley. I was actually going to San Francisco and they said, OK, jump in. And we ended up getting an apartment together. We got jobs with the Census Bureau. And it's been, been kind of like a weird life ever since, you know, but not so weird anymore. The 70s were weird and the early 80s and early sobriety was kind of weird, too. But. Like I said, at that time, I did not have a problem with food. But then I got sober, you know, in 1982. And, there's a, and I also stopped doing drugs, you know, and I was doing a lot of cocaine. There's somebody in the program who says, you know, he came to AA and he put, and, and you know, and regarding the cocaine, he said, I picked the, I put down the spoon and picked up the fork. You know, and that's what I did. You know, I really did that. And I gained 70 pounds my first two years clean and sober. And I used to say that I needed the first 35 and I didn't need the next 35. But when I look back, I needed the first 20 and I didn't need the next 50. But I got the next 50. And I held on to that next 50 for quite a while. I didn't want it, but I couldn't do anything about it. I would try, you know, after I gained those 70 pounds, it struck me that I should do something about it. So I tried to lose weight and I would go down five pounds, back up five pounds, down five pounds, up five pounds, you know, just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And this went on for six years, you know, um, until my eighth year of sobriety. And that's kind of how the disease goes, you know, it doesn't like, you know, I ate five donuts one night and got sick, so I went to OA. It's it's not quite like it wasn't quite like that for me, you know. I struggled with it for quite a while, 
And what happened was I actually went ice skating with my girlfriend at the time. And it was I'd never been ice skating before. And I fell and broke my elbow. I didn't acknowledge that I fractured my elbow until five days later. I finally went to a doctor about it. And it was a new doctor. I had just become a member of this healthcare plan. And she said, oh, okay, let's put it in a cast. And he says, come back in a couple of weeks so I can give you a physical because you're a new patient. So I went back and he took my blood pressure and my blood pressure was right around 160 over 90, you know, which is not healthy when you're 23. I wasn't 23, I was actually 33. I had my blood pressure taken by the army when I was 23 and it was 188 over 98, which is really unhealthy. Um, but he said, I don't want to put you on medication, but I would like you to lose weight. So come back, lose some weight, come back in six months, and we'll check your blood pressure again. This was actually in 19, yeah, I think it was 1985 when I saw this doctor. So I did, I tried to lose weight, came back in six months, and my blood pressure was the same. And he said, well, I don't want to put you on medication, so why don't you lose weight and come back in six months? And I said, okay. So I came back and he weighed me. I weighed exactly the same. And this happened for another four and a half years, you know, and then I finally got it. I am not capable of losing weight on my own or gaining weight on my own almost, you know, it's kind of like the food is just, I have no power over it. And being a member of AA, I had heard about Overeaters Anonymous, so I thought I would try it out. I really thought I would hate it, but I did not. I actually liked it quite a bit. And one of the things that I most liked, this was in 1990, and one of the most th things I most liked was the intimacy of the shares. You know, it's just kind of like a lot of the AA, you know, we can skirt around on the laughter and tell funny stories, stories about how we were beaten by Jack Daniels. But it's, it's hard to tell funny stories about how we were beaten by Betty Crocker. You know, um, it was just kind of, it was pathetic is what it was, you know, in some regards. What can I say? That's you know? Bill. Thank you. And I would just try so hard, you know, but I would go to, I was working at this job um, and there was a little store, grocery store about a block away. And I would go on my lunch break to get a candy bar and I would get seven and I would eat them all within the next, you know, two hours. And then I would go on my break and go up to this coffee shop to get a cup of coffee and a donut. And I was capable of saying a donut. I would always say two donuts. You know, I never said one. I never said three, but it was always two. But every time I said that, I went there for three weeks in a row and got two donuts. And that's, you know, 30 donuts over a, a very short period of time. And you will gain weight and not feel too good about yourself when you do that. So I ended up, you know, I hit that point of demoral, pitiful, demoral, pitiful, incomprehensible demoralization. And I ended up coming to Overeaters Anonymous in January of 1990. I'd been to two meetings in 1986, but it didn't take. But I was ready in 1990. You know, it was just uh, kind of a do with me as you will kind of situation. 
and I turned my will and my life over to the care of God. And I got abstinent pretty quickly. You know, it wasn't like a sustained abstinence, but I pretty much figured out what to do within the first four months. And I did that by listening to other people. I heard people talk about how their meals had a beginning and an end. And I thought, yeah, that kind of makes sense. And then I heard people talk about how they didn't eat sugar. I had a problem with sugar, so I thought, yeah, I'm going to try and not eat sugar. You know, and I haven't had to eat sugar, overt sugar, in, you know, over 30 years. And that's a miracle. And I, another one that I heard was I just kind of, they spaced their meals, you know. They didn't have breakfast at 10, lunch at 11, and dinner at noon, you know. Because I was tempted to do that, you know, get it all over and get high on food but so i learned from that and now i make sure i always space my meeting meals by at least four hours so for me you know we talk about it not being a diet and calories club but i have to tell you i work the program a lot as a diet and calories club um, because it was the food that got me um i had done the steps in aa and I, you know, spent a few, the next, you know, eight years narcotizing my food with, my narcotizing myself with food. But so I really focus on the food a lot in my program. Um, but I do sponsor people. I prefer to food sponsor, but I will step sponsor. I would prefer not to sponsor because I don't like it that much because I'm so jealous, guarded of my time. But I spent the afternoon today with an AA sponsor. It felt so good. So I was glad I did that. Um, and anyway, that's how I continued with my program. I really have always liked going to meetings. So that's not a struggle for me. I, I'm one of those pe people who does very well with routine. And I've been in the routine of going to at least two and usually three OA meetings a week ever since I've been a member. I've never again gone more than a week without a meeting, and I'm grateful for that. And I'm just living life, you know, it just fills up so fast. Tomorrow, I'm going to a party for a woman. I know, sort of, I know her sister better. They used to work at the university when I was working there. They were students at the time, and I became close friends with them. And they invited me over to their place, to one of their, pla one of their places uh, tomorrow. They're going to have a reveal party. One of them is going to reveal which medical school she was going to among all the ones that accepted her because she's, just, she's so brilliant, you know. So I think that was a clever idea, and they're very clever people. And then this coming June or July, early July, I'm going down to Southern California to visit a close friend. And, you know, and they talk about that intimacy. I talked about that. I love the intimacy of the shares in OA. And this is the place that has taught me intimacy. You know, it's given me a chance to pra practice it. You know, we can you know, not only practice our actions, but we can practice our emotions. And so I work on doing that. And then this is my laboratory for doing it. So I just wanted to say thank you to all of you for being here. Um, that's pretty much close to using up my time. And I will recommend as a topic, but talk about whatever you want. But I will recommend a plan of eating. Thanks a lot.